0: Welcome to Health Talks Now, bringing you the facts you need to keep you and your family well. We're happy you're tuning in today. Baptist Health is committed to providing compassionate, high-quality care that is centered on you. Listen to all of our podcasts to hear from Baptist Health physicians about the latest medical advancements and treatments, and get trusted information on timely health topics from our healthcare professionals. Whether you want to learn more about a specific condition or procedure or find tips for living a healthy lifestyle, Baptist Health is here to help you become a healthier you.
1: We're joined with our system CEO, Gerard Coleman, for another special episode, a weekly conversation addressing our response to COVID-19. Let's jump right in. We're three months into this unprecedented global health crisis. I don't think any of us could have imagined where this virus would take us when it initially emerged.
2: That's exactly right. This virus has caused all of us, and particularly the healthcare industry, to adapt. Any major event of this magnitude provides lessons learned, and it certainly calls for reflection. What stands out for you when you reflect on the response to date and how Baptist Health has adapted in the face of this adversity?
3: I think the response has been tremendous, especially by Baptist Health. We've treated uh, and brought back to health hundreds of people from Kentucky and Indiana. I mean, we've really led the way in crisis response and have done particularly well with patients who are coming out of this crisis and coming out the other side and back to health and back to their families. So we're really, really proud of where we've come. And suffice it to say, we're helping all of our healthcare neighbors in the regions in which we are to come out equally as good with their patients and their communities as we are about to sell.
1: Looking back on the past three months, what should we be reflecting on and taking lessons from?
3: We, we have to be mindful of how the economy impacts the healthcare system and the healthcare system impacts the world. Mm-hmm. And we saw this early on with our supply chain. Everyone talks about PPE And, you know, the effect that that had on this crisis and the the amount of nervousness and also effort that had to go into acquiring enough PPE to deal with this crisis. So I think that is a lesson learned for America and the world is that we really have to be vigilant on maintaining supply chains that are not as easily disrupted as there were in this particular case, where a lot of the supply chain comes from China and India. And Mm -hmm. when the world is disrupted, the supply chains are disrupted. So although we didn't see any active cases of the coronavirus here in the United States until much later than they had in China and in Italy, Mm -hmm. our supply chain was already disrupted by the actions that those countries had to take in order to deal with the crisis.
1: You know, looking back, wasn't there was a story about a um, supply warehouse in Nashville, right? Wasn't that the perfect storm because of the tornado that occurred in Nashville and, and that disrupting the supply as well?
3: Absolutely. It was the perfect storm, to your point. And unfortunately, we started to see supply chain disruption coming out of other parts of the world. And in the beginning, we thought we're okay because we have storehouses here within the United States basically third party vendors that do the purchasing on our behalfs and in other ways as well and unfortunately a, a big distributor was in Nashville Tennessee and that distributor's warehouse was destroyed in that tornado mm-hmm. and when that happens it really created a bigger challenge for not only hospitals within these states but throughout the entire United States
2: we mentioned on a prior episode that it's been declared the year of the nurse And I would imagine that a new generation of providers will join the force because of the bravery and the selflessness that they've witnessed during this crisis. Obviously, it's impossible to predict the future accurately, but is that something you anticipate as well that we will see a a surge in people pursuing a career in healthcare?
3: I think we will. I think that uh, many people see the selfless acts of so many caregivers in our healthcare community, not just in the hospitals, but in ambulatory settings and in nursing homes and so many other venues. And they see that and they, they inspire so many to do such good things that I think there'll be generations of people that will want to go into the healthcare environment. And I think that's great for the community and in particular for Baptist Health. And we encourage that because we we know that there's a shortage of healthcare workers, particularly nurses. And uh, in this day and age, and I think that this crisis has really put a light on healthcare workers in general, and in particular those in the front line, like nurses and doctors and other care providers uh, that truly are being classified and rightfully so as healthcare heroes today. And I'm inspired by the stories that I hear each and every day. And I do believe that there'll be many generations that will go into this very admirable professions.
2: Well, we've come so far, but we still have a long way to go. What changes do you anticipate in the healthcare industry going forward? Are we ever going to return to what we knew as normal, or will the landscape of healthcare look different for us going forward forever?
3: I think the landscape is different going forward. And I think what people need to know is that uh, healthcare care is safe. Hospitals are probably the safest place to actually be yeah. as we go forward in the, in the U.S. and in other parts of the world. So, you know, patients have to really think about not avoiding care like they had in the past several months through the crisis. Right. That hospitals and health systems are the safest place to be and that by delaying and avoiding care, that it actually makes conditions worse and that they should seek out care early and see their care providers, their physicians, their nurse practitioners, their hospitals, and make sure they get the the care that they need. I would say that uh, healthcare in the future will be very different. There'll be a lot more focus on electronic medical record tools that will help patients monitor at home. But before you can get into a monitor at home situation, you have to be able to, you have to see a care provider and you have to be able to be treated adequately for your condition, and then um, see other providers and make sure you get the right testing at the right time.
1: Kentucky is beginning its first phases of reopening. Retail stores and restaurants are starting to resume services. Do we expect to see a resurgence? What are we doing to be prepared?
3: We're actually making sure that we have uh, built-in capacity within our healthcare facilities, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, enough Personal protective equipment for our care providers. If there is a resurgence of COVID, we are working very closely with our nursing home partners in the communities to make sure that we are controlling the spread of COVID in nursing homes and partnering together with other community health systems to make sure that we are vigilant and on the front of these types of issues. So that if there is a resurgence of COVID, that we are prepared and that we will act appropriately, and that we will limit the spread and still provide outstanding care for our community and not eliminate the opportunity for those to get safe health care in the appropriate health care environments.
1: Is there an expectation that we'll go through another wave of transition or rather ramping down of services again?
3: No, we're... Really anticipating services to continue okay. as we go through if there is a second resurgence. Oh, okay. Because we saw too many challenges the first time when mm-hmm. patients avoided care Makes and sense. their conditions worsened as a result. Uh, and now we're having to treat patients who are much sicker than they would have been if they would have been treated in a normal setting early in their illness, mm-hmm. and they're provide, providing outstanding care. So, there will not be a ramp down of healthcare services if there is a second COVID wave because we are more than adequately prepared to treat patients who have COVID as well as all other patients in the community.
1: What are the biggest opportunities for the healthcare system to better serve patients in the future?
3: We have to make sure that we're using the tools that I referred to earlier and we optimize the ability for our patients to. Use electronic tools at home to keep themselves healthy and safe, to be able to provide appropriate social distancing in waiting rooms and in hospitals, providing appropriate PPE for patients and caregivers who come to the hospital for treatment and care, and really be prepared and vigilant when it comes to you know, what the CDC guidelines call for, hand washing, wearing a mask in public, making sure that we're doing our part to keep Americans healthy.
2: mm mm-hmm. Well, we are celebrating the discharge of patients from our facilities after defeating the COVID virus. And in particular, this week, we were celebrating the discharge of an Oldham County patient from Baptist Health Louisville after 43 days.
1: It was um, reported that she completed two rounds of chemotherapy uh, when she was diagnosed with COVID-19. Wow. Wow.
2: I mean, we can hardly imagine the joy that the family must have felt when the Beatles song, Here Comes the Sun, was playing throughout the hospital. That's something that our facilities are doing to encourage and to recognize those patients. Celebrate. Right. Yeah. So she was reunited with her family, and that just looked like a very joyous moment.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's one of several stories of discharge and reunifications with family. We'll be right back. Schedule that procedure or screening you've been putting off. We've taken extensive precautions to keep you safe. Learn more at baptisthealth.com slash stay safe. Feel safe rescheduling procedures and screenings. Safety centered on you.
2: We're back with Baptist Health System CEO, Gerard Coleman. Well, it's mental health month and that's taking on a new meaning this year in the midst of COVID-19. The largest healthcare provider in New York recently highlighted a concern we found interesting and compelling the long term impact on the mental health of our frontline workers. The article highlighted the need for assistance and support. Are you concerned about the mental health impacts that we could see as a secondary problem?
3: I think all of America uh, has been affected by the stay at home, shelter in place government requests and I think that it will be a challenge for all of us as we come back to a post-COVID normal and mental health is a concern as it has been in years past when traumatic events have been bestowed on groups in our community and this group happens to be our entire community, our entire country, the entire world has gone through the COVID crisis together. Mm -hmm. The mental health issue is very real, and it's something that we need to address on a go-forward basis. Mm -hmm. The light in all of this is that we've all gone through this together, Now we've all had challenges. They're different depending on the type of job you had, if you were an essential personnel, if you were furloughed from work. Mm -hmm. Everyone had different challenges, but they were all related to COVID-19. So that will unify all of us mm-hmm. and really help us deal as a community with the mental health problems going forward. And we have to work together to help each other during this time.
2: Exactly. Sure. And of course, the more we talk about it, mm-hmm. the more we break down the stigma, exactly. the more we encourage people people to seek the help that they need through, you know, our behavioral health services that we offer across our system.
1: Sure. One thing I've noticed is just the, the fact that so many people are reaching out to check on their friends and neighbors and just a simple, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do to assist? Yeah. I think that goes a long way.
2: Well, one provider in our Lexington market separated herself from her family early on in the pandemic to avoid possible transmission, especially to her young toddler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, It was a sacrifice that was recognized throughout our system.
1: Mm -hmm. I I remember that story early on.
2: It it really speaks to that selflessness that we mentioned that we're seeing across the continuum of care with people being willing to put their own needs on
1: hold. Yeah. It's quite a sacrifice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The rallying together that we've seen both inside our health system and from the communities we serve has been unlike anything we've experienced before. How has the outpouring of community support inspired you?
3: I really think it's helped me uh, just to see things in a different way. As I referred to earlier, the crisis really affected everybody as a community, but how it affected you individually, there was variation depending on if you were an essential worker or if you were furloughed. So it's really allowed me to see people's challenges from a different perspective. And I think that's made me a better person overall. And I think it's really opened up my eyes to things that could be addressed differently in the future in our healthcare system to really be approved on for everybody in the community. <laughs>
2: It's really been humbling to see so many put aside the things that formerly separated us and band together with a common goal, which obviously is the health and wellness of us all. Sure. The scale of a pandemic like this can I think elicit a feeling of helplessness from people not serving on the front line, but the reality is we all have a role to play here in the successful management of this crisis. What would you to say to listeners wondering what their role is in this and how they can be part of the effort?
3: I think we all have to be mindful that we have to help each other by doing our part. And I think the national uh, press conferences that were held continuously and the state press conferences that are held and the city press conferences, they, both, they all emphasize the right thing that we should be doing for one another. It's up to us to not spread the disease. Wearing face masks in public may seem like a challenge for a lot of us, but it's what we can do together to help stop the spread of disease. We have to make sure that we donate blood uh, and plasma as we know that convalescent plasma helps people that do get COVID recover quickly or more quickly than they would have without it. We need to continue to check on our neighbors and friends, as you said, Carrie, It's an outpouring of support and it's support for all of us that we all need it all the time. Mm. And then trust our processes and protocols as a return to work. And we need to make sure that we're social distancing in the workspace, keeping six feet apart, making sure that we wear masks in common areas and making sure that we're thoughtful and kind to each other. And that would be my advice to anybody going back to the workforce after a furlough period or after return to work orders come in is to be kind and to assume good intent. And we'll all get through this together.
2: For sure. We spoke with a pediatrician in our network recently, and one of the things that he brought up that I thought was really interesting was that if we continue to put off this preventive care, Mm -hmm. say um, health maintenance screenings, or particularly vaccines for children, that we could be causing and facing another health crisis in the future if we're not addressing these issues now. We don't want to be, you know, dealing with this pandemic, only to cause something else down the road. So I think that was a really interesting point. Well, thank you for joining me and Carrie. We'll talk again next week.
3: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Health Talks Now. Staying healthy is a lifelong commitment, and Baptist Health can provide the support you need to lower your risks, improve your quality of life, and protect your long-term health. Visit baptisthealth.com to hear our other podcasts, learn about our services, and find more tips to help you stay a step ahead of your health. Baptist Health, be a healthier you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as medical advice. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast is not designed to replace a physician's medical assessment and medical judgment. Always seek the advice of your physician with any questions or concerns you may have related to your personal health or regarding specific medical conditions. To find a Baptist health provider, please visit baptishealth.com.